It's Lake FM with Andy. It is the home run. Almost time for news and sport at six o'clock now, which means that's my lot for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Back tomorrow for the home run from 3 p.m. You enjoy yourself, whatever you're up to for the rest of your evening. I'm off to do my podcast now. If you're interested, it's called Tradio, and you can find it on iHeartRadio, Spotify, or if you get your podcasts. Anyway, have a great night. Ta-da for now. Right, off here. Let's get Oren in. Here we go. Oren B. Andy G. How's it going, mate? Pretty good, dude. Uh, just got off air, actually. Straight off the show, straight onto the podcast. Never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's, how's, how's the new radio gig going? Yeah, it's going okay, actually. Um, very interestingly, been getting quite a bit of feedback uh, through the station owner who's been getting messages from people, and he's forwarded me the messages. And yeah, it's quite nice to see that people are actually listening to it and, you know, taking stock of what's being said. So, you know, that's the whole point, really. Yeah. Is it a like quite a well-known radio station in, in Taupo? Yeah, well, it's called Lake FM, and my understanding is it's been around for a couple of decades. So people know it. And oh, yeah. it's a nice, the guy that owns it is, uh, his name's Peter and he is retired, but he does make a bit of money from, you know, sales. So he does sell advertising yeah. on it, but the ad breaks are minimal. So when an ad plays, you're not waiting long for the music to come back in and, you know, the mix of music's bloody good. So the station yeah, yeah. is pretty well known in the area. Yeah. I like those kind of radio stations though. They don't have many ads. Yeah. <laughs> and this is it, man. Like the music playlist is actually so vast. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm just loving the mix, to be honest, mate. It's actually quite cool. Really when cool. we lived in Australia, man, the Mrs. A, I used to listen to a radio station over there, 106.9 Nova, Nova oh, FM. Yeah, it's still going, yeah. Yeah, and they never had ads when I listened oh, to it. Yeah, it's... back then. I don't know if they do now. They might do now, but back then they there was there was no advertising on it. It was just music and then the, the DJ and then music and then, you know, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's um yeah, Nova 106.9. That's the Brisbane based station, isn't it? Yeah. And the um the breakfast team there um was Ash Kip and Lutzi. Um Kip left recently, so it's Ash, Lutzi, and Susie now. And they're fantastic on air, man. I don't know if they were around at the time you were there, but yeah. Still worth a listen. Still a good listen. Yeah, yeah. Good station. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, quick warning, mate. I'm on duty tonight. So if my if the siren goes, I will have to ditch you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. You can always finish it another night. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if the fire siren goes up, then yeah, got us a go. See ya. Um, yeah. My back is a little bit better now. So, you know, I'm oh, yeah. happy about that. So at least yeah. I can get up and run. And I'm not standing up for this podcast tonight, mate. I'm sitting down now. So that's good. So <laughs> you had a few painkillers, a few anti inflammatories. Well, to be fair, I only ever took two um, ibuprofen at the start of my injury and never really touched anything else after that. So I just sort of hardened up and got through it, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I know that's, that's not the attitude. I've been seeing a physiotherapist who's given me some great exercises to do and it's really helped a lot. So yeah. I'm pretty stoked, yeah. And, it's amazing um, what a bit of bit of exercise and flexibility can do, eh? Oh, I know, dude. But like, because I've been so inactive the last few weeks, I'm starting to feel like I've put a couple of kilos back on, you know, so I've got to try yeah. and sort that out. The winter um, spread, mate. I know how you feel. I've done the same thing. I was I was getting all <laughs> in shape, and I'd lost quite a few kilos, and and uh, I haven't put on as many as I lost, which is a good thing. But I've still put yeah. a couple of kilos back on again. Yeah, God, shocking. I, to be fair, though, even when I say at our age, just because you and I are similar ages, you know, around the forties mark, we'll say, but I still find it relatively easy-ish if I work hard enough to lose the weight. So yeah, yeah. it's just the dedication, eh? And, well, and the beer. 
hemisphere. Yeah, that's right. Obviously, we're not exercising. Maybe we should do a podcast while we're exercising next time. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing much other than sitting on our asses talking at the moment. But yeah. not, nice to have a break. Um, it is good to have a break and sit down. It's been yeah, a busy well, day, so... Yeah, well, I bet, mate. Um, I'm interested to know um, how things have been going for you. You know, you're, you're any closer to your to switching from being a tradie to a, an engineer slash tradie? Still be a tradie, just a tradie in in a different, slightly different line of work. <laughs> yeah, how close are uh, you? Yeah, good. Yep. Um, I was up today. We loaded the machine on a truck today, so um, it's coming down tomorrow morning and getting set up in the shop where it's going. So, and the Ooh. Sparky was there today putting the wires in. So, Ooh, exciting. Hopefully, by the end of tomorrow, the machine should be in and set up. I've set up accounts with Global Machine Tools and Iskar Machine Tools, so the tooling purchases. Yep. So, she's all go, really. I've just got to go and find enough work to keep it going. Yeah. So when it comes to like the um uh, you know the handyman type stuff that you're doing now, then are you sort of winding that down, or have you still got a few things to keep you going? Yeah. I'll, if in the at the moment, I'll probably have to do I'll do a couple of days a week on each, you know, whichever's busiest because um, I don't have full time work for the machine yet, but I will do pretty quickly. But um, the handyman side of it's quite busy at the moment, and yeah. the building side, I've just finished a deck for a lady. I've got to go and. I'm quoting heaps of stuff. I've got more more work to go and do. So I'm sort of up in the air a little bit, actually, because I'll, I'll have to, um, I don't know, maybe once I get my machine set up and running, I'll have to employ someone to run it. <laughs> then I can yeah, carry well, on so, doing that. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe the whole, um, the, the, the two different jobs could be uh, almost interlocked in a way where they just sort of overlap for a while until one drops off and one starts to pick up again. That'd be the go, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the new business is... We're going to be called Valley Machining and Maintenance. So oh, it's nice. going to have both things in there. But with the engineering side of it as well, you can still do maintenance. So we'll just leave the maintenance side of the yep. the name and the business in there. So Oh, good. Yeah, that's that's mm. the way to do it, eh? Brilliant. Um, clocks have gone back an hour as well, mate. So... How are yep. you feeling with that? I, I kind of <laughs> like I kind of like this side of it to be honest. And the good thing about it is that my car radio is now correct again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I jumped in the Ute this morning and I was like, "Oh, I'm late." Oh no, I'm not. I'm an hour, and I haven't changed the <laughs> clock yet. It's good. I don't mind it. It's quite nice having it darker early and even get a bit a bit earlier, eh? But man, I was shattered last night. Eh? I was just I think it was the whole body clock was all up to shit and. Yeah, well, so, imagine how the cow. Imagine how the cows feel, mate. Yeah, yeah. When you got fucking tits full of milk and you need to get it out. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. gonna be pretty pissed off too. <laughs> yeah, all the old farmers are whinging about it. Eh? Oh, they should leave it alone. It's like, yeah, well, well, I've been doing it for a long time now. So Tiano down here in the South Island are actually keeping the old time. Are they? They're just leaving it. Yeah, they're not touching it. So if you go to Tiano, you've got to change your watches. I don't know how that's allowed, but anyway. How is that going to work? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't think it will, if I'm honest with you. Nah. Look, you need to be on par with everybody else. Yeah, more power to them. Anyway, if they want to do it, I suppose they can. (laughs) Let's get into it then. Here we go. Two, three, four, five, tools down, up the mic. Or is it down the tools up the mic? I can't even remember my own bloody intro anymore. <laughs> a trainee guy, a radio guy, two best mates chatting on the fly. We're musos, we're dads, we're completely the same. We'll yarn about anything, it's all fair game. One hits nails, and one nails hits. 
We'll review good beers and just shoot this sh- We're R&B and Andy G And this is Tradio Tradio uh, So here we go, episode 16 already, mate Yeah, yeah, it's flying boy, eh? I don't like to sort of start on a sour note, but obviously a devastating time recently for fans of the Foo Fighters with the loss of Taylor Hawkins. Oh, yeah. Mate, when I read that story, I literally felt my heart skip a beat. I couldn't believe what I was reading. Yeah, I, I thought I was hearing things on the radio when they said it. I was like, I was like hey? Like, what? Because I know the food, they were first becoming down here to New Zealand to, to perform, and I was like, man, I'd love to get tickets, you know, and go yeah. and see them. But And then all of a sudden they said he had died, and I was like, like, what? Yeah. I was well, kind of in shock a little bit. They were heading to Auckland in December, um, I think Wellington after that. But I was like, yeah, if I get tickets to the Auckland one, maybe, you know, you and I could grab a ticket and we'll go up there with a few people. You know, that would have been awesome. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, Taylor Hawkins was the drummer of the Foo Fighters for 25 years. It's just incredible. And of course, Dave Grohl's best mate. And got a feel for Dave Grohl especially because you know this is his second best mate that he's lost you know obviously with Kurt yeah. Cobain being the first one yeah shit yeah like, yes, he hasn't had a good run luck has he no so they were touring in yeah. South Africa when it happened uh, he was only 50 years old man I've got a couple of clips that I just want to share actually here's one of Dave Grohl describing how quickly they became friends I do remember when he first joined the band I mean, he, we were like in love with each other. Like the minute we start, we had the first time we had a beer together. We're like, we're gonna be best friends for the rest of our lives. And it's true. Like we still really, we're like this. It's just amazing. So yeah, love at first sight is what he said, and that's how quickly they sort of became mates. And you know, there they are, 25 years later. Yeah, yeah. And um, they click pretty well on stage too, eh? When you watch them. They yeah. work well on that, and then every now and then they'd swap places. You've seen them do that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, love it. Yeah. And, and then they'd do like a Queen song or something. Hey, that was, yeah, that was well, pretty cool. That was actually Taylor's last hurrah, the, his final concert. He actually was leading Somebody to Love by Queen. Mm. So uh, in, I don't think they played another song after that. And my thought process here, I could be wrong, but my thought process here is that Taylor, because uh, he got up on the front of the stage and sang that song, the song before that was the last time he ever touched a drum set, which is quite sad to think. Yeah. Um, Personally, I've seen the Foo Fighters live three times um, at various concerts. The Big Day Out was one of them. They played in the Big Top. I don't know if you ever went to the Big Day Out at the Ericsson Stadium in Auckland. Yep. Remember, yep. Had the, they had the Big Top there as well. Yeah, I went and I saw the streets perform in the Big oh. Top. Dry your eyes, mate. Yeah, them. that was awesome. <laughs> they, were, they were really good, eh? That, actually, good. that Big Top tent, Big Circus tent, was brilliant for the acoustics. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it just kept the sound in, didn't it? brilliant yeah i saw the foo fighters in there and i've seen them at two concerts of their own as well but look i've got quite a few of their albums and even um saw taylor as one of my inspirations to be a drummer as well so yeah what a sad situation you know i never got a chance to see them as that group you know like m- maybe hopefully they'll maybe you know have a break and then maybe reassessing possibly get another drummer because it'd be a shame for them to stop now you know they, they've got so much more they could give really yeah exactly so, and, you know, I loved a bit of a joke around as well. Taylor, here he is just telling a story about the time that Prince Harry slapped him. We were playing somewhere in England and we had just flown over and like literally had like two hours sleep and we were doing a show in some ambassador's backyard or something. And he walked in, Terry, and you know, a bunch of his people around him and, and he goes, how you doing? And I'm like, I can't wake up. I'm so tired. I gotta play. I can't wake up. And he just goes, bam. And I went, you mother. And he's like, you're awake now or something like that? I'm like, 
Yeah. I mean, I got Should slapped be. in the face by the prince. I mean, that's okay, really, if you think about it. But uh, at the moment, I was like, just slap me, dude. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Eh? <laughs> Yeah. just insane but anyway um yeah f- it's such a big loss and um still it still kind of hurts at the moment just it, it's like you you lost a mate that you, you never actually knew yeah yeah he's uh he's going to be sorely missed in the music community that's for sure yeah absolutely right. i kind of felt felt the same about that that i did with um robin williams when he was uh when he died yeah, like, yeah there's he- been a few going in the last few years eh? musicians and actors yeah. and well, the ones you've known through your childhood and that. Yeah, well, that's it. We lost a couple of rugby greats, some cricket greats this year. Shane Warne being one of those, you know, that was yeah, yeah. another massive loss. Just insane what's going on. What is it with this year? It can fucking stop now, actually. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been a good year for a yeah. lot of reasons, but yeah, I try to – nowadays, it's, it's funny. Yeah, I was actually talking to my wife about this a little while ago, and I said, you've got to really focus on the good things in life these days, eh, like – with the cost of living and everything going through the roof and this war in the Ukraine and all the bad shit going on and the stuff you see on the media, you've just got to go right and sometimes just take a break from it. Like I don't have I don't have Facebook on my phone anymore. I just refuse to look at it. It's just yeah. there's so much crap on there, eh? So much negativity and now I just don't need it. And it's it's hard to break away from it, but sometimes you just you've got to, you know. And I think you'd notice a difference, wouldn't you? In your your day to day when you're not actually there scrolling through it. Yeah, I notice my wife more because she's uh, on it lots. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to turn into just a just a, an ongoing scrolling of ads. Really, that's all it's becoming yeah. now. And shit, eh? Links to people trying to do funny videos, which are not funny. Waste um, of life, mate. Get out there. There's a big wide world out there, eh? Yeah. Talking- Anyone listening out there who's addicted to Facebook, get off. Get off it. <laughs> Talking of the wife, actually, mate, um, my hair, I'm growing my hair. It's not, I'm not going to call it long. It's probably about maybe four or five inches long at the top now. And I was sitting watching TV and my wife stood up behind me on the couch and uh, she started braiding my hair. (laughs) And it was just, she was just bored. She was passing, saw my hair. I'm going to braid that. There's no way I'm keeping braids at all because my hairline does not suit that. Uh, the point I'm making is she braided my hair and actually got chucked a couple of the girls' hair clips in it as well. Nice, colourful, glittery hair clips just to hold the braid. Anyway, I forgot that it was there and suddenly the fire siren goes up and I'm off to a fire call. <laughs> I, <laughs> I get to the station and a couple of the fellas that I'm there with getting changed, they go, oh, who's this pretty girl we haven't met before? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> And they'd spotted my braided hair and my hair clips in, which I'd totally forgotten were there. (laughs) Might have thought you and your missus had some kinky game going on at the time, maybe. (laughs) But I was just like, well, you know, this is what happens when you live in a house full of girls, mate. When you're completely outnumbered, you have no choice but to let them do what they like with you. Yeah, yeah. They might have thought you were trying to be like a hipster or something, eh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, check out my hair, man. Yeah, man. (laughs) This is how I roll. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's just so funny though. Like Eric, you honestly, when the when the fire siren goes up, you just sort of drop what you're doing, and all you're focused on is getting to the station. I didn't think for a second about my hair, and like yeah. the rear view mirror in my car as well is just set low enough so I can just see the sort of my eyebrows and below. So I didn't even see my hair in the rear view mirror. So there was no chance of me <laughs> catching it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if I told you, but we've got our first broken bone in the house at the moment for one of the kids. 
I think one of my kids mentioned this, but I don't remember what happened. Yeah, yeah, Blake, he finally did it. Oh no! It was quite funny that when we had our the day we had our last podcast, we were out on the driveway, and I was watching him go down the neighbor's driveway, and on his push bike, and I was on mine. Yeah, and he was going flat out, and getting the speed wobbles and all that going. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, watch out. I said, you're getting the speed wobbles and you're, you know, you're doing it in bare feet and you, you know, warned him about all these things. And he said, yeah, dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened the very next day? He was going down the driveway flat knackers and got the speed wobbles and poof, over the handlebars he oh, went. Oh, no. And he smoked himself on the driveway. He was going pretty quick. Yeah. And uh, grazed his face. Luckily, he had his helmet on. He grazed his face, grazed all down his arm, his elbow. He had knees. He had... Both ankles had gra- grazes on them, and oh, he bloody cracked, cracked his wrist. So oh, he had to get it, take him to A and E, and they X-ray. Yeah, it's got a crack in it. So he had a cast on. They put a, per- a bigger cast on now. Kind of gutting because we're supposed to be going to Waikowal Bay camping in the next little while. That's right. And uh, he's going to have the cast on for it now. <laughs> so oh. he's not going to be able to go in the ocean and swim. Oh, he put a bag on it or something. But oh, dude, that's no yeah, boogie that... boarding. So you said the first broken bone in the house. For, for our kids, yeah. Oh, for yeah. your kids, right. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, don't, you've, no, you've don't worry, mate. I've broken heaps. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was going to say, there's yeah. no way you have a clean record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, even Erin, Erin's broken a, Erin, she's broken a bone. So yeah. Yeah. Broke her wrist. Yeah. yeah I've yeah. broken both of my wrists, not at the same time, un- unfortunately. Uh, luckily, I should say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, but, yeah. Uh, I, I actually did a similar thing many years ago when I was living in Invercargill. This was about 2007, and I was shooting down Bluff Hill. Have you have you ever been on Bluff Hill? No, but it sounds steep called pretty Bluff steep. Hill. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty steep. Um, it's a really neat run on your bike, to be honest with you, but I was absolutely shot down it. And because my old mountain bike had those old shitty caliper brakes, <laughs> this was this because it was so long ago, you know, caliper brakes were the thing. Yeah. And the brakes were just no good for slowing down. And there was a, <laughs> there was a good 80-degree left-hand bend coming up. And I was like, I'm not going to make this. So I ended up just shooting straight over this corner, right into the scrub on the side of the road. Just missed boulders by feet, I would say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, broke my right arm. Uh, no, my right yeah. wrist, rather. So yeah, it was a similar kind of thing. But if you, you, break, you break your dominant wrist, it's so hard to wipe your ass, eh? Because <laughs> you've got to learn to do everything left-handed, right? Yeah. There's a nine there. He's lucky. Blake's lucky. He only broke the he broke the left wrist. So <laughs> okay, well, he's right-handed, right. luckily. So he's good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Break, breaking your dominant wrist, hand, arm, that's the worst. Well, breaking both, like one of my mates did. Oh, yeah. yeah he went well, over that. He went over the handlebars of his dirt bike. Oh, broke yeah. both of his both wrists. Okay, I take. I hate to have been his missus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Well, I, I take back my right arm being, my right wrist being broken is the worst thing. It's uh, when you break both. It's definitely yep. up there. <laughs> yep. Have you been doing much dirt biking? Oh, a little bit. Yep. I sold one of my bikes the other day. So, Oh, you did? Mm. You, you finally did? Yeah, finally sold the little four-stroke. That's gone. Okay. So, so you're down to two? Uh, yeah, or well, the other one. They were both. I only brought the other one to replace the other two because the other two were getting a bit older. You see, yep. so, so yeah, the other one's up for sale. I have a fair bit of interest in it. Hopefully, it'll go in the next, you know, within the next week or so. Is it up on Trade Me at the moment? Yeah, it's on Trade Me. So it'll go. <laughs> oh, so I just um, inhaled some water. Sorry. Uh, but now I've been. I went out for a ride with Chris. 
you know, a couple of well, about a week ago. Yeah, for a ride with him and been up yeah, doing a few bits and pieces on the usual sort of Thursday night ride with all the all the guys on the Twilight rides. So, but that's all sort of finished now for the year because daylight savings is finished. So no more Twilight rides. And oh yeah, true that. Yeah, that changes a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's time. Time. This is the time of the year I get fat. <laughs> well, time now for a special guest. Uh, his name is Brady Kirch, and he's one of the uh, the best, in my eyes, disc golfers in the country. Uh, frisbee golf, if you like, if you're not familiar with that. Uh, so we've got him here for a bit of a chit chat, and uh, I need to get some advice from him as well. <laughs> there he is. Howdy, gentlemen. G'day, Brady. Hey, yeah. How you doing? Good. How are yeah. you guys? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. Brady, this is Oren. Oren, this is Brady. Hey, mate. How you going? Good, brother. Brady, you're looking rather hairless, mate. Have you had a shave? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> bit of aerodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's it in the sport of disc golf, mate. The aerodynamics are such a major thing, aren't they? So, Oh, like, indeed they are. <laughs> well, and in Wellington, you get blown around if you have anything like extra hanging on. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. You'd have, to be, you'd have to be pretty good to be a disc golfer in Wellington, wouldn't you? Shit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Or it just accentuates how bad you are. It depends on, you know, how it goes. Yeah, yeah. It's either, it's, there's no middle ground. It's either good or really bad. It's one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> but Brady, I can say, mate, you're, you're at the good end of the spectrum. How have you been anyway? You good? Yeah, I've been real well. As you know, Andy, uh, we had uh, nationals this year in Wellington. So the national championship was competed here on a course I designed actually a few years ago. Um, so yeah, you know, like doing really well, not nearly playing as much as I am, you know, I've joined the Monday to Friday, 40 hour a week, like tradey job. I work at a coffee factory now. So, you know, don't know what to do with myself and weekends working physical jobs. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit different for you. Eh? Cause I mean, that's something I'll ask you a bit later is just how much you get out on the disc golf course, but back to that nationals uh, tournament you were just talking about, you were the tournament director. I've got to say, congrats, man. That's massive because I mean, I've known you now for at least 10 years uh, since I started playing disc golf and it's been great to see you climbing up the ranks and now tournament director as well. That's just insane. Congrats. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's, I started hosting tournaments uh, eight years ago, I guess. So my first tournament was in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been playing disc golf for a lot longer. But yeah, you know, like nationals this year, it was 100 competitors. We held it in, you know, like a global pandemic yeah. uh, national championship. So yeah, you know, like the responsibility and and being able to pull it off the way that we did was just incredible. So how much time are you able to spend out on the courses these days playing and sort of honing your skills? Uh, I'm probably spending a good, oh goodness, five to 10 hours every weekend. So I'll go out for, you know, like three to four hours Saturday and Sunday, but then I'll, you know, like I'll spend some time putting, you know, like maybe an hour or two during the week, just like 15, 20 minutes here after work. Like I'll get home, the sun will still be out, you know, like I'm not hungry and not dinner time. So I'll just get some putting in, in the garden, you know? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I suppose that's a, a good thing for anyone who's sort of looking to get into disc golf to sort of you know, practice is to try and buy themselves a basket or do some putting at their local course. That would be one good suggestion, wouldn't it? When, when you say putting, for guys like me that are, have no idea about disc golf, is it like a smaller disc you use? Like yeah. a smaller net to putt or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So a disc golf basket is roughly the, the size of you or me. So it's roughly the size of a human, you know, that, and yeah. the catching device is roughly 
uh, you know, like the upper body of a person. So if you think of like playing a catch with your buddy, that's like playing catch is actually a really good thing that you could do. So like, if you have kids, a mate, a partner, you know, go out, take a catch Frisbee, like throw it back and forth. And then, you know, like that'll help you. The only difference is your partner, your buddy is going to move, you know, like your mate can catch, they have arms, disc golf baskets don't. So the idea, you got to hit the disc golf basket in the numbers. You have to hit it in the target, uh, in order to like finish the hole as it were. Well, yeah, you've seen yeah. you've seen my basket, Oren, right? And you've you've thrown a few discs yeah, at it yeah, yourself. Yeah, threw it around your backyard a little bit and had a go. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, too. Actually, um, Brady, we almost um, didn't get you on tonight because I gave you the wrong date, and I'm sorry about that. So, thanks <laughs> thanks for being here at such short notice, because I, I told Brady to be here tomorrow, Oren, and I thought, well, oh, yeah. I just, <laughs> just noticed I gave him the wrong day, so we, <laughs> we almost weren't going to have him. Um, just another quick warning as well, Brady. Uh, if I if the fire siren goes here, I'm going to get up and run. Okay, so I'm going to leave you and Oren to have an awkward conversation. You can teach me a few things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Brady, let's go back in time a little bit. Um, you know your history in disc golf. What drove you to do it? What 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 sort of uh, piqued your interest in that? Oh, it was my mates, uh, 100%. So, you know, like I, I grew up in the States and, you know, like was in the States most of my life and played ultimate Frisbee. So team Frisbee, uh, growing up. And so, you know, like where you get to play with your mates and you're running around with a field and Frisbees. Great game. Uh, but some of my mates were like, oh, you know, like this little disc can throw farther than that big disc you've been throwing. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I believe you. And the competitiveness in me said, no way, Jose. (laughs) And so, yeah, you know, needless to say, I tried out the little Frisbees and I was, I was pretty rubbish at first. I'll be honest. I was real rubbish. Uh, but eventually, yeah, I figured out that these little Frisbees can throw farther. And yeah, like me and my mates in the States, we would go out every weekend and play a different course. And it was just absolutely magical. And honestly, it was just quality time. We were razzing each other, like having a good time, always trying to one up each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how long's like disc golf been around for? Is it quite, is a relatively new thing or? Like I'm saying, the last sort of 25, 30 years or? Uh, it's been around for 50 now, almost. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, so uh, it came about, uh, I don't want to say some stoner friends in California. Um, <laughs> but no, it was, uh, yeah, so the Frisbee and disc golf and like it being organized came about in like the mid-70s in California where like Frisbees. So the reason why we call it disc golf is like Frisbees an actual toy, like a like branded toy yeah. names. Yeah. So they're like, oh, let's call it Frisbee golf and slap on the wrist. No, you can't do that. That's our name. Copyright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, no, I've been around nearly 50 years now. Yeah. Started in California. There's one oh, particular cool. well, there's one particular player who's also a very well-known radio announcer in the country. His name is Bob Gentle. Now he's a disc golf hall of famer, which, uh, you know, and he's been playing for 40 uh, odd years of that, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he brought it over when it started. So he played in like the first worlds or events in California because him and there's an old cat from uh, National Park, Des Cooper. There's a few old boys still playing. And yeah, like, do you remember Des? I do remember Des. Yeah, I remember Des and Pete Boyle. Yep. Yeah, Pete's got a tournament coming up here at the end of the month. But yeah, some of these old boys have been playing a long time. Their discs are about as old as I am. <laughs> well, this is it. You so say you were talking about ultimate Frisbee and then obviously that's how you got into disc golf. But what we have to um, stipulate here is that those discs that we use for disc golf 
are just no good as ultimate frisbee discs. They they fly in different directions. They flip and they turn and they fade. They go very fast. Um, <laughs> now it, it got to the point where I played disc golf so much because I started like you, Brady. <clears throat> I used to play a lot of ultimate frisbee myself in my high school days in the nineties. And then after playing disc golf for you know a couple of years, I actually forgot how to throw a frisbee. <laughs> I literally, because I was so used to, you know, throwing my disc. And did you hoof it at your mates? Yeah, just, I don't, did you find that though? Like, can you, can you go between the two, Brady, and be able to throw them properly? I, I fail with the old Frisbees now. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm pretty miserable with the Frisbee. I can go back and forth if I have to. Uh, so there's a lot of ultimate players in Wellington, and we joke around, and occasionally we'll, we'll play disc golf with an ultimate disc just for a laugh. Oh, yeah. That would actually be, you'd probably get better scores, wouldn't you, with that, wouldn't you? Uh, I mean, I challenge you to an ultimate round if you want. Yeah, man, you're right. What's, Absolutely. Okay, another amateur question here. What's the difference between amateur frisbee or in, in golf, you know, the, the other one? So what's the difference? What, between like ultimate frisbee and disc golf? Yeah, yeah, what's the difference? Does one have nets ult- and one doesn't? Yeah, so ultimate frisbee is more like rugby, but with a frisbee. So oh, like yeah. you have two teams going against each other, yeah. uh, you know, and you're trying to get your frisbee over the try line, as it were, mm. compared yeah, yeah. to disc golf is played like ball golf. So yeah, yeah, but yeah. rather than having like clubs, we have different yeah. frisbees instead. So is it like crash frisbee golf? Uh, frisbee? <laughs> <laughs> like you can tackle each other or? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a little bit less contact. Well, it depends on what you watch. Cause sometimes the contact is rather high, but it's supposedly, yeah. it's like netball. It, it's a contactless sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fantastic oh, cool. sport that I'll add to like, what's your favorite course to play in New Zealand, Brady? I mean, there's so many courses all over the world, but let's just focus on, uh, on God's own. So what, where's your favorite course to play? Uh, favorite course in the world is actually in Christchurch. It's a temporary course up in Vic park in the Port Hills. Mm-hmm. A mate of mine runs the tournament there like once a year, but like I said, it's temporary, you know, and it's very uh, like she'll be right. So she's super overgrown. I went and played it uh, two months ago back in February. So some mates of mine brought up a portable basket and we just went and had a muck around because that's how like disc golf started. It was like, well, we're going to start here. We're going to throw at that tree or that rubbish bin and where it's a par three. Go ahead. You know, and and that's kind of how it started. Just all grassroots. Yeah, for sure. What's uh, your longest drive? I mean, let's just take you, your best driver, uh, your best driving disc. What, what's your distance, the, the top distance you can throw? My top measured throw is 138 meters, I think. That's yes, incredible. That's right. Yeah. So what would that be in feet, roughly? <laughs> About 430, 440? Yeah, f- yeah, 450, I think. That's insane. Nice. I remember yeah. that the last tournament that you and I played together, Brady, I think was on Waiheke Island. That was some time ago. <laughs> That was some time ago because I lost my favorite disc in the scrub and I didn't get it back for three years later. Someone found it and actually sent it back to me, which I thought was insane. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, I know. Because, I mean, everyone writes their details on the back of their disc. Well, I hope everyone does. And, um, yeah, what was the guy's name? I can't remember the guy's name. I'm pretty sure he still plays. But anyway, found it, sent it back to me. And what I ended up doing is he said, oh, yeah, just pay for the postage. I was like, absolutely. But what I did is I actually gave him some extra money to go and buy a beer, you know. Nice. Because this is the thing. And Oren, I mean, Brady knows this, but Oren, everyone has their favorite go-to drivers. And I lost mine and I was devastated. Yeah. It was like losing my favorite toy. <laughs> so, so getting it back was worth spending a bit of extra money to buy the guy a beer that found it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I've lost. So when you, yeah, when you're when heartbroken. Oh, heartbroken. I was devastated. Yeah. I've even lost a couple of discs at Topol's Spa Park, which <gasps> I know I'm never going to see again. Well, that's permanent now. You never know. Those might come back. You may be. There's one down a very, very steep bank uh, on the way down, <laughs> uh, on the way down to the river, and I wasn't prepared to climb down there. <laughs> so as a as a disc golfer, do you uh, when you go to the gym, do you just work one arm out? <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good question. <laughs> one really strong arm. Yeah, I just well, actually, I work out the off arm because one arm's strong enough from throwing frisbees all the time. So I just yeah. work out the other side to stay in balance. <laughs> balance it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when you see someone walking around with one arm bigger than the other, they're just a disc golfer, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a disc golfer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, funny old thing, Brady. I mean, the sport has grown so much over the years. I mean, the reason why I haven't played any tournaments for so long is because my previous job on the radio in the Coromandel just didn't afford me weekends off to do tournaments. So I ended up just never getting the chance to do it. But um, a lot of new people have joined, and it's just amazing how hard it is to get into tournaments these days. It used to be very easy. It used to be when it was, you know, a hundred of us scattered around the country trying to play. Yeah. And then now, like you and Christchurch, you have even a, a thousand or a hundred people playing in like one league. Yeah, that's right. It's massive. Well, I was going to say, you played in that, didn't you? I played in that league last year, yeah, and I got to... In my group, I got into the semifinals, um, ended up uh, at hole 18 having a draw with the guy I was playing. So we had to play uh, hole one again to see who could throw the least shots. And that's where I unfortunately folded. But um, yeah, I love it. So close. I love it. I didn't do the league this year because I just couldn't make it work. But I certainly want to try and get back into something this year. It would just be a dream come true to crack back into it. Because here's the thing. There's a lot of people that have been playing disc golf for less than a year and they are so much better than I am and I I actually wonder is it because they spend so much time practicing or maybe is it time for me to change my discs am I not used to the discs I play with <laughs> you know I don't know if that would be it do you think do you think the discs would have a lot to do with someone's game Brady uh I get that question a lot, you know, like that's a great question. The idea, is it the archer or is it the arrows, right? You know, like, is it the person throwing the disc or the disc that they're throwing? The national champion this year has been playing for less than a year, Jay Watkinson based out of Christchurch, you know, and arguably he figured out his discs. Um, Mm. And so I would say it's more of that. It doesn't necessarily matter like what you throw or how you throw it. It's more of just kind of, it, it's golf. So it's you versus the course. And so understanding on this course, what do I need to do to score? You know, like how do I throw the least amount of shots? Yeah. And so, you know, like arguably your favorite disc that you went on walkabout for three years on Waihiki, which I mean, I would do too. Um, maybe it's time to hang that one up and retire that one and, and pull a fresh one out the bag. Yeah. It was a windy day. I'll admit that. Sorry. Another amateur question here. Your discs. Are they all, does everyone have to have the same discs? Like, no, is there any, there's no. no rules around the weights or anything like that or the size of your discs for certain things? Oh, uh, well, all of those, just like golf clubs, they're all, there's a professional disc golf association. And so they have to approve things in order to get, so you can play with them. But similar to golfers, you know, like someone's going to play with Titleist or someone's going to play with Nike or Adidas or someone's or Spalding or, you know, pick your poison when it comes to golf. 
it's the same for disc golf, you know, like that there are different clubs. And so, you know, a club for me or a disc for me is going to behave differently for you. And so yeah. it's just kind of figuring out, finding your right discs in to, to cater to your game as it were. And what, mm-hmm. what's your go-to? Um, who do you stick with? Um, uh, I, I throw a disc craft. Trade actually. secret. Look, it's a, he doesn't want to tell you. <laughs> well, it's, it was, I actually had a very unique opportunity last year. So New Zealand and the growth is starting to attract overseas sponsors. Mm. And so for the past year, I've been throwing a, a company known as Discmania. It's actually a, a Finnish company from Finland. Brilliant. Um, and so I threw those for a year trying to get a sponsorship with that company and came up just short. Uh, and so I've gone back my go-to, I've been throwing the same discs for 10 years now, since before I moved over to New Zealand. And yep. it's a, a company that's super consistent, um, based out of Michigan in the U S called Discraft. Yep. Um, but it's one of those that if I ever lose a disc, so Andy, like you lost yours on Waiheke, I know I can go into a shop buy that exact same disc, same color, same weight, same plastic. And I know it's going to throw just like the one that I lost as compared Mm to, you know, weights and, uh, Oren, I know that you're a CNC guy and you know all about engineering and tolerances, right? Yep. Imagine tolerances less than a mil on a plastic disc, you know, like that's 30 centimeters round. Yeah. So it's like the tolerances are going to be crazy. So the consistencies, yeah. and then yeah, then yeah. try throwing in Wellington wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That throws it all out the window. <laughs> yeah, you know it. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I'm an end of a star plastic thrower. You know, my my go to is a star wraith, and I absolutely love that disc. And I, I, you know, I don't think I'll ever hang it up. To be fair, because I I feel like I have got it sorted. Um, but I have mm. I ha- I have considered though changing my discs potentially maybe not the star wraith but um, <laughs> yeah but maybe just changing it up a little bit because i mean i don't have a lot of discs i probably have 17 discs to my name and that's it which is not as many as a lot of people have but um i don't know i just feel that maybe a change might help improve my game that's just kind of where i sit with it uh but anyway i'll let you know how that goes um <laughs> well Brady. no that's a good question though so that brings up the classic like superstition in sports, right? Like your lucky socks or like the lucky yeah. jock strap or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, are you guys like, do you have any sports superstition? So Andy, clearly uh, like your disc is like, this is it. How about you, Warren? Believe it or not, I did. When I was racing the national enduros on dirt bikes, I used to always take the same pair of socks. I had a green pair of socks that I, and I still have them. They're full of holes now. I don't use them anymore, but every round of the nationals, I'd wear the same socks. I just, I don't know why. It was like almost like superstition. I don't know, but I always I was successful while I was wearing them. So yeah, just keep there it up. You go. Yeah, absolutely. Brain. And are they still green? <laughs> uh, brownie green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oren, you probably won't know this, but Brady is known as the human highlighter. He has his own Facebook page as well. Uh, Brady, do you care to explain? Highlighter. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is it. Brady, do you care to explain why you're called the human highlighter? I love this. He's the only person I know that does it, and I think it's great. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, it started out as a joke years ago. So I, again, moved over to New Zealand and I'm, I'm colorblind. So I throw a lot of like white and yellow discs, like neon highlighter, yellow or yeah. high viz as we call it here, you know, to, yeah. to use the tradie jargon, uh, <laughs> high viz yellow. And so I happened to at my first few tournaments wear yellow to the events. So here's a guy wearing yellow, throwing yellow on the disc golf course. <laughs> So whenever yep. anyone shows up and looks across the field and like sees yep. someone throwing yellow, wearing yellow, it's like, oh, Brady. Yeah, yeah, there's Brady. And I'm like, hey, guys. 
the best part, I had it happen in Australia. So like I travel overseas to play and compete. And so I'm going over to the Australian national championships. It was in Sydney that year. And I'm driving up to the course. I'm sitting passenger side, you know, windows down It's summer. It's gorgeous. And all of a sudden I hear Brady and I'm just like, how, how do you know <laughs> that it's me? The, the American in New Zealand who shows up in Australia, but Hey, you know, like, so it's my signature thing now. So yeah, when anyone sees yellow, it's the human highlighter. It must be Brady. Yeah, and if you get a chance, oh, yeah, if you get a chance as well, give Brady's Facebook page a search. You can find it pretty easily if you search for the human highlighter. Um, <laughs> now, Brady, of course, we know that you live and breathe disc golf. You also on a podcast of your own as well. So tell us a bit about this. Oh yeah, so um, I've been working with uh, Wellington's got their own retailer, Sweet Chain Music. Yeah, um, and so he started his own podcast called Sweet Chain Live. So every Thursday night, nine o'clock. Uh, me and my disc golf sponsor, a good mate of mine, Matt Drake, we just kind of sit down and have a chat. You know, it's just live on Facebook. We don't edit anything. It's all off the cuff. And, you know, we'll have winners from around the country. You know, if you win the local Christchurch tournament or league, we might have you on. We've interviewed a couple over states players. So, you know, mm -hmm. like five-time world champion Paige Pierce. Um, oh, wow. Uh, Grandmaster players, 55, Scott Stokely. He finished second in the world back in 96. And so like we've had him on. So yeah, it's just, well, like you guys, it's just two mates having a yarn, except we're not talking tradies and dad jokes. We're talking a little <laughs> bit more <laughs> uh, discs <laughs> and competition. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, the dad jokes are coming up very shortly. Thanks for that break. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, look, uh, we won't keep you too much longer, but Brady, um, for first timers, if someone wants to pick up disc golf, where's the best place to start for them? Honestly, your body knows best. Go to Rebel Sport, buy yourself an RPM starter pack. Um, the discs, when you first start out, don't matter. Um, disc golf is all about having fun and kind of, for me, reconnecting with nature. Mm. Uh, or in your guys' case, reconnecting with your mates. So if you guys are sick of playing hockey all the time or if you get sick of driving around the same circle on your dirt bike, grab some discs, head out to your local course. There's one in every major city in New Zealand. And just give it a go. Have some fun. Have a muck around. Understand it's probably not going to go where you want it to. And that's kind of the best part sometimes, especially when you start. Uh, but it's about getting better. So just keep at it, you know, and don't worry about being the best and, and throwing it perfectly the first time. Just worry about having fun. If you have fun after your first round, you're a winner on the day. Brilliant. I have so, one last question to ask you. Have you ever scored a hole in one? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, well, I always tell people that I score a hole in one when I throw it wrong because <laughs> I'm not, tr <laughs> I'm not trying to throw it in. I'm trying, you know, consistency says it's not going to go in this tiny little basket, a hundred meters away. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just trying to put it under the basket, you know, like throw it close, just get it yeah. close. And then the wind takes it or it skips funny and smash, you, you know, the chains light up and you go crazy. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, I, I, I could probably chime in with this one because I did actually throw a tournament ace as well. It was in 2013 Woo! at the Tauranga Extreme. <laughs> so it was, it was like nine years ago at the Tauranga Extreme, hole five. And it was just the most beautiful little, you could see the basket between two trees that were in like a Y shape. So you could see the basket through the middle. Below the trees there was just just massive uh, dip in the ground, which would be quite a bad place for your disc to land because it was very scrubby <laughs> down there. And so what I did, I just gave it a massive, massive hyzer 
which is just like throwing it at a real high angle so it comes back like a spike hyzer if you like so it's straight up and just comes straight back down again and i got around this massive fir tree and ching straight in the chains it was brilliant <laughs> and i think because I, I i actually paid into the ace pot for that as well i think <gasps> I think I paid like $5 and I ended up winning something like 240 So, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. And I won myself a nice MVP disc as well. So I was pretty stoked on that. That was cool. good. So you got to love it. It's the most amazing feeling when you throw an ace, especially when you're the only one in a tournament that does it as well. Yeah, like well, getting I a guarantee... hole in one mini putt. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But the, the thing about disc golf that's better than mini putt or golf or any other sports is when you actually throw the disc and it does fly how you want and it S's just the right way, you hit your line perfectly, like you will be hooked on that flight forever yeah, because yeah. you'll throw it again and it won't happen. You'll be like, wait a minute. It flew perfectly last time. Why didn't it fly perfectly this time? Yeah. And then it's, yeah, but seeing it in flight and seeing it do exactly what you expect it to, there's yeah. nothing like that in the world. Oh, yeah. You're just like, oh, I'm so good. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down there, Andy. Whoa. Yeah. Stop it. But yeah, anyway, look, Brady, such a good catch up, mate. Thank you so much for taking the time, albeit a day earlier than we'd planned. It was because uh, <laughs> I, I, I looked at our message exchange and I was like, oh my God, I told him to meet us tomorrow, not tonight. <gasps> oh no. So, but that's all right. We still could have made it work tomorrow. But look, you, you, made, you were available tonight and we uh, really thank you for doing that and um, joining us tonight on Tradio. Might see you at the next tournament. Or um, uh, Would love that. It'd be a pleasure. I can't wait to take both of you out and have a round. Yeah, it'd be brilliant, man. And if uh, you're in Christchurch, yeah, if you're in Christchurch anytime soon, Brady, hit me up. We'll go for a couple of rounds in the area. Will do, Andy. Yeah. Good on you, Brady. Okay, good Thanks, man. You, mate. See, you. catch okay. your voice. So you know how uh, I was telling you just a little bit earlier on about how I turned up to a fire call with braided hair and cute little clips in my hair recently. <laughs> yeah. We had a yes day for the kids on Sunday. Just gone. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, but obviously there were lots of rules in place so they couldn't you know say oh can we go get a puppy next week or anything like that we couldn't make any future promises but we had a really good day we ended up having uh ice cream um was it goody gumdrops ice cream and pancakes for breakfast um, oh that sounds good yeah it was pretty good actually uh we played some games and we had a lot of fun it was really neat and then the kids wanted to go to the local mall and spend some money so we gave them a budget and we took them to the mall but the thing is the kids had to choose what my wife and i were going to wear to the mall <laughs> so basically um they they chose us some very tame clothing which i thought well, that's was, good yeah which i thought was pretty sweet but then they said dad we want to do your hair oh shit <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so anyway out came this huge pink hair extension on the end of a clip it was like a, a, a hair extension that was stuck to a special clip yeah. and um and basically they clipped that in and they did a whole other things with my hair. And I was like, oh, you know what? I look like an absolute dickhead. <laughs> and what I said to them at the end of the day was I, before we went out, I actually bottled it. And I said, look, can I, do you mind if I take this out? I'll give you half an hour of uh, a free time on your devices. It's like, okay, cool. So I took this hair extension out because I, I just, I don't know. I felt like a complete idiot. And I just, I bottled it. As you I, would. Yeah. I said to them, look, next time we do a yes day, we'll definitely... I'll definitely do it, right? Because I didn't feel like doing it. Anyway, we went to the mall and did our thing. And we came home and they're like, Dad, you didn't take many of your hair clips out. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well, I actually ended up going to the mall looking like an idiot anyway. Um, <laughs> I left them in. Oh, no. 
<laughs> that'll no, teach me. Classic. That'll teach me. That'll teach it. Kids know best. Yeah, I wonder if I should just cut my hair really short and then they don't have to do anything like that. Yeah. Mine, I cut it short nowadays. It's not to like, because I don't want long hair. It's just that when it grows out, it looks really gray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when I cut it short, it like hides a few more of the grays. But no, fair enough, mate. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It was funny. I was actually out driving uh, recently, and there was it's actually near the mall that we were at with the kids for the yesterday recently. And you know those windscreen washers that, that hang around the traffic lights, wait for the light to go red, and they come and squirt water and a mixture of bloody um, washing up liquid on your yeah. windscreen and try and clean it for you. Well, there was this this fellow, and it, luckily he didn't come to my car because I, I hate, I don't like them. I can't stand them. And um, I know they're out there trying to make a dollar, right? But it's just like, you, yeah. yeah, you can do that other ways. And apparently that shit destroys your bloody car, your paint on your car anyway. But anyway, this dude, I was watching him at the traffic lights and I was sitting there going, don't come over here, don't come over here. And he didn't, luckily. But I was watching him. He was standing at the base of one particular traffic light. And this was on a really busy intersection in Christchurch. And he picks up another bottle next to the traffic light, so the base of the traffic light, which matched the one that he was using to wash car windscreens with. And he took a sip out of it. And that was obviously his drink bottle. I thought, okay, cool. So he just kept doing his thing. The lights went red again and he washed some people's windscreens. And he still had this other bottle in his hand. And once that traffic light went green, he went back to the island in the middle of the lane to wait for the light to change again. He took another sip of his drink, but he took the wrong bottle. (laughs) (laughs) I just watched him take a drink. He must have taken a mouthful of bloody washing up liquid and water. Oh, gross. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I reckon, man, it's so good. I reckon the best way to get them, eh, is in they, they, I've done it before, eh? They come up and they sort of they give you, they sort of gesture to you like, do you want your window washed? Yeah. And you just go, man, turn on your squirters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm washing my own window, thanks, mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I don't I don't often carry cash anyway. And it's like you almost feel like obligated to pay them. I mean, if you don't pay them, what are they going to do? They'll scratch your car, smash your window. You just don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're always quite shady characters. So you just don't, yeah. just don't like interacting with them, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just nightmarish. I, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy a dad joke off, mate. Yeah. Why not? Dad jokes are bad jokes, but actually they're good jokes because we're dads. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Oh, I can start if you like. All right, go for it. Two muffins are baking in an oven. One muffin says to the other, Phew, is it getting hot in here or is it just me? And the other muffin says, Ah, a talking muffin. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Sylvester Stallone says, I'm making a movie about composers. I'm playing Beethoven. And Van Damme says, I'll be Mozart. Schwarzenegger says, stop it, guys. I'm not saying it. Get it? I'll be back. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> oh, God. Right, here so we I, go. Saw the, I saw the look on your face. You're like, what the fuck did he just say? Yeah, what? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Why does a chicken coop have two doors? No idea. Because if it had four, it would be a chicken sedan. (laughs) (laughs) Old MacDonald had a dolphin. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. I stayed up all night to figure out where the sun went. Then it dawned on me. (laughs) (laughs) Statistics show that Russian roulette is actually a popular game. 
because one in six people find it mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! A man goes to the zoo, but there's only one exhibit at the zoo. It was a shit zoo. <laughs> <laughs> what pronouns would Michael Jackson have used as gender identifier? Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you see elephants hiding in trees? Don't know. Because they're really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's my last one. I injured myself pig hunting today. And everyone was saying, oh, no, you pork hunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh that ones. was good. Yeah, that was some good ones, man. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> dad jokes are bad jokes, but actually they're good jokes because we're dads. Looking forward to coming down to see you fellas in July. Yeah, it'll be good, That's man. It'll be good. It'll be really good. Eh? Looking forward to sort of getting out for a bit of a uh, trip away to some other places in the South Island. And yeah, it's gonna be good, man. Yeah, it'd be bloody good. Looking forward. To it. I've never been to Hamner Springs. I've heard a lot about it. Well, you've never been to good you've place. Never been to Christchurch either, have you? No, I've landed at the airport, changed planes, and carried on. But oh, so it was like out a, of the airport. So. so it was like a hi, bye. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, it'd be good, man. Looking forward to it. I mean, when was the last time we caught up? Was it October last year? Mm, oh, yeah. You guys came up September school holiday. Yes, October. Yeah, so, October. yeah it was October. Yeah. Yeah. Jeepers. Before that, it was this time last year, pretty much. First yeah, that's of right. May, roughly, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, had I a, think. At my party. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking through my bank statements recently doing my uh, taxes. Oh, yeah. And all I could see was all the liquor stores and Thames and pubs and. <laughs> <laughs> Fishing, fishing supply stores. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy crap, I spent a lot of money on bait. <laughs> yeah. The sea up here at the moment, mate, it'd be good to get out. The sea, I haven't had a chance, but the sea is just every day. It's, we've just had such nice weather. The sea's yep. like a plate of glass. Oh, stop hey. it. Actually, going, stop to, it. going away to Picton with some other friends soon, and he's got a boat, so he's got a buccaneer, so we're going to go out and uh, around the Marlborough Sounds. <sighs> Blue cod fishing. Blue cod fishing. Yeah, I said to him, "Do you get any snap around there?" He goes, "Yeah, we get some, but it'd be quite nice to catch some blue cod for a change, actually." So, yeah, yeah it'd be good. But anyway, yeah, roll on cool. July, man. I can't wait. It'd be good. Yep. And I think yeah, we yeah. we get a podcast in just before that, so we don't have to piss around and do a podcast when you're down. Oh, cool. That's how it kind of works out. Yeah, yeah. All right, mate. Well, good, good uh, to catch up. And these two yep. weeks, these two weeks always roll around pretty damn fast, don't they? Really, it does. It's just, it's like, oh, that's right, I've got a podcast to do tonight. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just like, it's here yeah. again. Is it, is, it, is it like, oh, yeah, I've got a podcast to do tonight, or is it getting to the point now where you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've got another fucking podcast to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not quite to that yet. It's like, oh, it's good to come out in the shed and have a break and yeah. do the podcast. So. Locking yourself in with all your blankets to get rid of the echo yep. in your room. <laughs> yeah. All good right, mate. Man, the blankets are working a treat. Nice. Well, I'll let you break out of your room. Good to catch up, man. Okay, mate. See ya. Yeah. Training.